Vox Crusade proudly presents Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout. Because guess what? The podcasting world needs another movie review show. I am Rick, and as you all know, I got a thing for movies. I love watching them, I love collecting them, and I have so many that I actually blew out my own closet and I had to go to some other place to look at another collection. And that collection is in the Longbox Crusade headquarters. So I'm up here in the attic looking through movies and trying to find more people that will enjoy these movies with me. And this week, I think I found somebody who likes movies too. And I'm interested to see what she thinks about this movie. And I am talking about Maggie from Married With Comics. How are you doing, Maggie? Hi, I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm fine. I'm I'm so glad to have you on the show. Yeah. You are not just a diversity hire. <laughs> um, <laughs> that means a lot to me. I appreciate that. Not a problem. Not a problem. No, <laughs> I, I am glad. I actually want to get more of a diverse group of people on the show to talk about movies because I kind of looked at my cast list and I said, I've got a lot of guys that I've been talking to and okay. I'd like to get some other perspectives than just people that look like me. So, <laughs> so no, I really am glad to have you on. I, I enjoy listening to your shows. I know that we've done some other things together in the past, and I'm just kind of glad to talk to you one-on-one without yeah. without John around. Oh, don't tell him. I No, don't, don't tell John, but yeah, this is cool. Just between us, yeah. <laughs> this is all fun and games, but I know that you're really, really interested to find out about what movie I want you to watch, right? I am, for sure. You gave me a good list of movies, and I got it down to about five movies. And I uh-huh. was really struggling with which of these movies I really wanted you to watch. And I got it down to two, and then I got stuck. So I decided to ask my manager to see if she could help me figure out what movie it was that you should watch. So, uh-huh. Carrie, what movie do you think we should have her watch? The Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to pick that one. Oh, that's hilarious. Because so when we were talking on Twitter, that's uh-huh. the one that I was hoping you were not going to pick. For sure. I was like, and I knew it. I knew you were going to pick freaking Goonies. <laughs> well, I want you to know, this is this is not just me that that made this decision. Carrie made this decision, right? It's a good decision. It's It's a very good decision. And I'll tell you why. The reason I have not seen Goonies, this, I think this is a very good example. Goonies is one of the movies where anytime someone brings it up or asks me if I've seen it and I say no, their response is to go, what? You haven't seen Goonies? And then they start gushing about it. And that is a surefire way to get me to never watch that movie. I find that so annoying that I have intentionally avoided watching that movie just to irritate those people. I can definitely see it. But in talking to Carrie, I asked her very seriously as we were driving around today, which which one of a couple of movies that you should you should watch. And what was the reason why you thought she should watch this? I just felt like it help out in life sometimes. She thinks that there are some life lessons that you can learn from Goonies. So I think that that is a soft sell, I think. (laughs) I I hope so. So let me ask you this question. What Mm. do you know about this movie? What have you been told? It's like an adventure kids movie from the 80s. Is this the movie where the truffle shuffle comes from? Is that from Goonies? That would be about right, yes. (laughs) Okay, all right. And I... That's about it. That's all I know. That's really all I know about it. That's okay. We aren't going to spoil anything else for you right now. I think that this is a good time for you to step back away from the mic, uh, grab a bag of popcorn, and, you know, if you'd like to, if you, if, you, if you think he deserves it, invite your husband to join you on the couch <laughs> yeah. and sit back 
and watch Goonies from 1985, directed by Steven Spielberg and starring Sean Austin, Josh Brolin, Jeff Cohen, Corey Feldman, Jonathan Kwan, Carrie Green, and Martha Plimpton. So sit back and have some popcorn and enjoy this film. Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. Hey, Mike, there's a map. Whoa, you guys realize what we could do? I don't want to go on any more of your crazy goonies adventures. Meet Mikey. I gotta go to the bathroom. Brand. Andy. Shame, shame. Oh, come on, Brand. Slip the tongue. That's disgusting. No, I can't even look. Mouth. I got you. Now get out from behind her. You're ruining the painting. You're ruining my job. Stephanie. Data. Chunk. They call themselves the Goonies. They've stumbled onto a legend, but they're not alone. Chunk, I hope that was your stomach. No. Discover what they uncover. Rubies and emeralds and diamonds. The lost map. The secret caves. Treacherous traps. Hello, Sheriff. I'm at the Lighthouse Lounge. And I want to report for a murder. Just like that last prank about all those little creatures that multiply when you throw water on them. Take the oath. Join the adventure. As Steven Spielberg presents The Goonies, a Richard Donner film. Maggie has had a chance to have a wonderful date night with her husband and watch Goonies, and I'm here to talk to you about what the film's about. The boondocks of Astoria, Oregon are being sold to a developer, and the cheap housing is going to be torn up. The families are all packing up and moving, and the tight-knit neighborhood kids, the Goonies, are, are going their separate ways. Mikey, the leader of the group, is not going away without a fight. He and his friends discover a treasure map and decide to have one last adventure. Meanwhile, the Fertelia family are on the run, and just happen to be holed up in a closed-down restaurant that is the first stop of the treasure map. Secret passages, booby traps, a pirate ship, a monster, and close friends. This movie hit me, and many, many other kids, very hard when it came out. We all wanted that adventure, and those friends. And being from Oregon, I have been in that jail cell and at that house. And I have scoured the beaches looking for a pirate ship. But that's me. What about you, Maggie? Are you going out and looking for that pirate ship now? Oh, man. If I could, I would. That pirate ship was awesome. <laughs> that set that they made was incredible. The story behind that set, too, is that Steven Spielberg built that set and did not show it to the kids at all. So when the kids 
you know, pop up and see or turn around and see that pirate ship for the first time, that is their actual expressions. It's wonderful. That was their actual, like, oh my God, that mm -hmm. pirate ship is amazing. To be one of those kids. I mean, they must have just thought that they died and gone to heaven, you know, getting oh. that those roles and being in this movie. Because it's such a, a wonderful, like, kid fantasy to, you know, find an actual treasure map that leads to actual treasure. And there's there's some peril and there's puzzles. That's every kid's dream. You know, if I had been 10, 11 years old when I saw this movie, I probably would have loved it, you know, head over heels and would have reenacted it and all that kind of stuff. That's the kind of kid I was. It was very difficult for Steven Spielberg to actually get the kids to do work because they oh, had sure. built up this entire, they were having fun. They were having mm -hmm. as much fun as the adults were. They were like, this is great. This is wonderful. And yeah, it's just neat. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's how you would experience it. How is adult Maggie looking at this film? How did it hit you, especially from everything you heard and your reticence for watching this movie for so long? Yeah, it was after I got done watching it, I was like, you know, I'm really glad that I finally saw this because that now I understand everyone's perspective when they would be shocked that I hadn't seen it. I get it now. I quite liked it. I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. I didn't realize a lot of things about it. Like Richard Donner was, was he like a co-director or is he more of a producer? I think he was a producer on that. Okay. I think he just had the producing role. But, but that, that scene where Sloth rips his shirt open and it's the Superman shirt and then the Superman <laughs> theme starts to play, I was like, that's great. I thought that was amazing. So, yeah, no, I, I really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I liked the cast. Yeah. Was It was Corey Feldman was in this one? Yep. Okay, I know yes. of the Corys. Yeah, it's the Feldman Corey. Yes. <laughs> And Sean Astin? Yep, baby Sean Astin. Mm -hmm. Who was, he's one of those kids who like, he's always looked the same. He's gotten yeah. taller, but otherwise you could see Sean Astin in baby form. Mm -hmm. His face really hasn't changed much as he's gotten older. All I was like, Samwise. <laughs> and we also had Thanos too. And yeah, and baby Thanos. <laughs> baby Thanos. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Josh Brolin, I was like, whoa. Yeah, it, the, the cast is amazing of uh, kind of a who's who and where they went and, and what they've mm. done since then. Uh, all of, you know, they've all got their toes in the nerd canon somehow. But And, mm -hmm. and even the kid who played Data, that's the same kid who played uh, Short, Round Short Round in Temple of Doom. Yeah. So, I mean, there's connections with this entire movie too. But mm. it, I am very glad. I am very glad that, that this hits you in the, in the good feels because... I can understand completely how a lot of people can come into this film never seeing it as a kid and seeing it as an adult saying, what's the big deal? Sure. You, you miss, you kind of miss that, that punch of being a kid and saying, I want to be these kids. Yeah. I want to do these things. It's very cool that you can, you, you at least sat down and really accepted it and said, ah, oh, this is fun. This is great. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the biggest things or what's some of the, the scenes or things that you really, really loved are really, really didn't laugh so much in this film. You know, I was surprised. There really weren't any scenes that I kind of felt were flatter, you know, that I, I didn't really enjoy. I thought that the set designs throughout the entire film were incredible. Like the yeah. waterfall under the wishing well, that was really, really cool. And then I really liked it when uh, her character's name was Andy, not Martha mm -hmm. Plimpton, the other one. Andy, played by Carrie Green. Carrie Green, that's her name. Yeah. When she does the, the piano bit and the floor keeps falling out from underneath them and she's freaking out. But then at the end of the movie, she come, they come out of the cave and she's like, can I take piano lessons? <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> I like this. Little character changes that occur during the film too. Yeah. And I kind of liked the, the haves and have nots theme throughout the film too. Yeah. 
I, John told me that he had read the novelization, and in the novelization, it was a lot more clear that the kids who lived by the docks were the have-nots, and the people yeah. who lived up on the hill were the haves, and they were the ones who wanted to buy out these kids' houses to, for, like, some development thing. I kind of liked how they sort of stuck it to the, to the, you know, the rich bad guys who were going to, you know, ruin this, this wonderful friendship between this group of basically D&D adventurers, which was something else that really appealed to me. It was very much like a D&D kind of a movie. I definitely got that vibe from it. And I was like, that would have been, that'd be a really fun, like one shot to play with kids, you know, yeah. to give a group of kids a treasure map and have them go off on this adventure to, to find the pirate treasure. Yeah, you're saying that, and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, you could probably cast each one of these characters in their own classification well, of probably. sorts. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Data, he's kind of like the the, the inventor. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you've, you've like got, an artificer. You, yeah, you've got the bard as Andy, because mm -hmm. you can play the music. Yep. <laughs> you know, you've, you've got the, uh, the, the warrior as Josh Brolin, because he's the strongest of them, you know. <laughs> You got the barbarian as sloth. You could cast yeah. these as different characters. Oh, so for sure. Be, I Absolutely like the good. I like the comparison for D and D. I never put that together before. That's cool. I like that. <laughs> what else do you got? One of the other things that I really liked was the idea that okay, if if the bad guys have something chained up in a dungeon, how bad can that possibly be? Right? Because we've got like I thought that she looked a lot like Ma Beagle from Ducktales, the the lady, the Fratelli. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she just yeah. kind of reminded me of, of that that face, that kind of droopy beagle face. She was wonderful. The bad guys were were wonderful in this movie. They were great. Oh, speaking of the bad guys, Joey Pants, Joey Pantaloni. That means less to me than it does for other people. But yes, apparently that is Joey Pants. Yes, uh, <laughs> if, you've, if you've seen The Matrix, if you've seen. Who was he in The Matrix? He was the guy who uh, betrayed them. Was he really? Yes, that's him. Been a long time since I've seen The Matrix, apparently. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> uh -huh. But that's him. That's the thing. It's like, once you start realizing, oh, it's that character. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's a whole movie yeah. of, oh, that person. You know, like, it yeah, really yeah, yeah. is. It's, it's got a cast of, and I loved Martha Plimpton, too. I, I thought she was great. I'm like, I, that would have been me when I would have wanted to be her with the short hair and the glasses, and she's kind of sassy, <laughs> and I really liked her a lot. And she was way less girly than, than Andy was, and I appreciated oh. that, too. <laughs> And at the same time, they were both very girly. But at the, right, exactly, <laughs> it, precisely. When she, when like Andy goes and kisses, is it Sean? Yeah, Sean Astin instead of Josh Brolin. I thought that was yeah. really cool. that was really funny. And Jim Martha <laughs> Plimpton is like, Ethan, you're you're dumb. <laughs> Next yeah. time, open your eyes. <laughs> I must have been standing. Be careful. There, there's like a rock or something. I must have been standing. Yeah, there's like a hole really short. or something down yeah. there. He seemed really short. <laughs> funny so if the bad guys have something chained up in the basement you know how bad can can that possibly be then but it, you find out that he's not they have him chained up because he's the good guy and yeah. they don't want him to to give them away so who was what's that actor's name who played chunk chunk that's jeff cohen he was amazing he was yes. so funny and for his age especially i thought he did a very good job in that movie with his comedic timing um, and just really throwing himself into the role. I was very impressed with him. But that whole scene with, with them in the, in the room together, and he kind of finds out that Sloth isn't a bad guy. He's just, you know, he's scary looking, but yeah. he's entirely misunderstood. And he's completely harmless. And they become friends. And it, it's it's wonderful. It, I liked the messages throughout the movie a lot. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's is the cool thing is that each one of the kids had their own thing yeah had their own specialty and they were good at their specialty good in quotes but i mean yeah. <laughs> they, they really played into their characters and they were more than just they were more than just sketches they they were fleshed out 
lived-in characters that yes. you can relate to. You're like, oh yeah, I had that person in my group, or I knew that person, or but you wanted to be friends with them. You wanted to kind of be in with that group mm -hmm. because they were the outsiders, they were the losers, but at the same time, they were losers that had friends. They were the losers <laughs> together. They and were losers who were the cool kids. And it's okay for them to make fun of each other, but you know, somebody else makes fun of them. You, you know, we've got your back. Yeah, exactly. I, I really, I really appreciated that. I loved the the friendship and the the genuine friendship of it because they're they're all giving each other crap at the beginning of the movie, especially Mouth, mm -hmm. you oh, know, sure. because he's he's such a pain. And at yeah. first, I was like, I don't think I'm gonna like this kid. But as the movie <laughs> went on, I was like, okay, no, he's not as obnoxious as I thought he was gonna be. All right, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but him, like with his fluent Spanish that he can speak, <laughs> just like. <laughs> Okay, sure. Why not? He's and just, twelve and he knows fluent Spanish. And he's just and he's terrorizing the poor housekeeper. I know. I feel bad for her. Like she thinks that these people are insane, <laughs> <laughs> or at least that this kid is. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mouth. Like, and everybody calls him Mouth too. Yeah. <laughs> How did you like the traps? I mean, we'll go back. We'll go back and talk about the traps a little bit. Oh, the different yeah. traps that were set up and the different things that the kids had to figure out. These kids are kind of figuring it out together, and they're kind of being smarter than you know a, an explorer because they come across the explorer's body. Are these things that kids would figure out more than an explorer? No, I don't <laughs> think so. I think I think that the movie was using the the power of childhood. You know, like these are super kids because they're they're the protagonists of this film. So of course they're going to be better at it than some schmuck who got smushed by a rock. <laughs> you know. You also you also have numbers too. You also have the creativity of kids, and you also have the numbers of kids. Yeah. They all have their specialties, and they're all able to kind of figure out just enough of what's going to make it work. Right. You when you've got a lot of people to bounce ideas off of, I think you're going to be a lot more successful than if you go at something alone like that. Yeah. Especially if you don't tell anyone where you're going, you know, and you get trapped down there, no one knows where you are. If you've got friends, and I, I did think it was really interesting that the movie chose to separate Chunk from the rest of the group for a good mm -hmm. portion of the movie too. Yeah. So at least they had someone, <laughs> that poor kid, like he goes and he tries to get help, but then he just gets caught by the bad guys again. But you know, at least they had him there and they had a, there were a lot of them. So they did have a better chance if any of them did get stuck someplace or if someone had gotten hurt. You know, they had people to fall back on and they had some kids who were older than the younger kids. And right. I think they had a better chance at it in a movie setting. Yes. Yeah. I think you already said it, but who was your favorite kid? I think you said it was uh, Stephanie, Martha Plimpton's character. Yes. I, I liked her a lot. I just, I like, because she was kind of in the background. Like the two girls didn't have a huge amount of stuff to do, except for Carrie Green with the piano part, which was mm -hmm. very awesome. But as for like the kids, I really liked Sean Astin's character. He was Mike, right? Yes. The one, and he had his inhaler, but he was the smartest one of them. And he was like, he made a, a great speech at the, at the wishing well where the jerks were up at the top, the mean old rich kids and who very nearly killed his older brother. They almost killed oh. Thanos. We wouldn't have had a movie. I know. Come on. <laughs> Infinity War never would have happened if they just run him off a cliff. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I, I really liked uh, Stephanie, Martha Plimpton's character, and I liked Sean Astin's character a lot, too. I thought he was very sweet. And I'm like, I would bake this kid all the cookies he wanted. <laughs> I really would. <laughs> he was so adorable. So well, I guess we should ask, then, what trap did you like the best? The, honestly, I think that the piano one was really cool because I, as I was watching this movie, and then there was like the one where the, the rock started to fall down too, that yeah. blocked the path. But for some reason, the bad guys were able to get past them without a problem. 
but we won't quibble. Yeah. But anytime there was a trap, I was like, you know, I could probably put that into the D&D game somehow. I'm sure I could skin <laughs> this in such a way. And there is totally a way that you could do it. Um, oh, yeah. And then, like, they had the, the big water slide that took them down to the, the pool where the, the big pirate ship was. And the whole time, I'm like, this would, it looked like so much fun to be in this movie and to get to do the things that these kids got to do. And I'm like, this would be, do they have a, they should have a ride, like Goonies <laughs> rides, where you just are the Goonies. That'd be great. And with a water slide, big pirate ship, and you get, like, a little piece of gold on your way out. <laughs> you know, here's your I don't, I I don't know if we've, they've ever set that up. Goonies is one of the main draws in Astoria, Oregon. They love the Goonies there. I'm and sure. they've done a lot of different things around the town over the years. 25th anniversary, they had a big celebration there that was going on. Until recently, the newest owners of the house, the uh, where Sean Astin's character lived, <laughs> the, the newest owners of the house basically put up signs like, you know, stay away. <laughs> they, they, did, they didn't like all the people coming and looking at the house, which sure. is kind of like, I'm sorry, you bought that house. Right. You should have, you, you, you knew what you were getting into. Yeah. What the deal? That's a good point. The very beginning, the, the jail that they break out of, mm -hmm. that was the old jail in Astoria, Oregon. And wow. they had already, it, it basically was just this building on this parking lot. And they still have that building there. It's just been turned into the Oregon Film Museum. Oh, and so cool. you can go in there and you can actually go into the jail cells that oh, they broke out of. Nice. And they have a whole bunch of just memorabilia from that movie and other movies that have been filmed on the coast. And it's, it's just kind of really neat. It's You go there and, you know, uh, everyone always... <laughs> there, there's little things that for Oregonians, it's like, oh yeah, the pirate ship. We won the pirate ship to, to turn and go to the beach and crash like the Peter Iredale. And everyone's like, <laughs> what? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh yeah, we have we have a a, a ship that's been rusting away on the on one of our beaches for years and yeah it's just for us for oregonians you kind of look at the film and just like yeah th this is so the coast and it's so understandable and relatable mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun for us but mm -hmm. i am glad you enjoyed it is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we get into rating this film you know i i will i wanted to kind of give it an, an extra kudos because it's hard for me this is my own personal prejudice, but it's hard for me sometimes to enjoy a lot of things from the 80s. I was born in 1989. We'll just get what? that out of here. I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I apologize. I didn't grow up throughout the 80s. And there's a lot of movies and television shows from the 80s that I feel did not age very well. No. And that when I watch them kind of make me cringy. A sure. little bit. I'm like, oh, that wouldn't fly now. Mm -mm. And I, I've encountered a lot of that. But uh, not to say that there aren't things from that decade that I do really enjoy. And I, I really did like this. Because especially sometimes when, when there's kids involved, that's not always my jam. And I'm like, and it's from the 80s. So we'll see how this goes. Like, are they going to make stupid sex jokes about the girls all the time? How sexist are they going to be about the girls? And there really wasn't any of that. It was no. a very pleasant movie experience, and I really did enjoy it. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. And Carrie was right. There are life lessons to be learned from the Goonies. <laughs> there definitely my, are. What can I say? My daughter is smarter than me. It's, she's uh, super my, intelligent. My, she knows exactly what she's talking about. Yeah, my life is already complete. I'm, yeah. I'm already done. <laughs> Irrelevant is me. Well, with that ringing endorsement, let's figure out how many full bags of popcorn we want to give this film. As you know from doing stuff on this network, they don't like halvesies here. We don't like half bags filled with popcorn. We want to give full bags of popcorn. So one to five, what would you give this? I would totally give it five full bags of popcorn. Easy That's peasy. Nice. Yeah. 
for sure. That is fantastic. And I think it's awesome. a great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, this this is, uh, normally I would say a movie like this probably, for a lot of things that are in it, I would say it's a four. But for me personally, because of Nostalgia Bump, it's it's no problem at all for me being a five. Yeah. But just, uh, this is something I grew up with. I have firm memories in my head of me and other kids that I was in Boy Scouts with running around the woods together and like, each one of us saying that we're a different kid's name and we're making up our own adventures. And that is firmly stuck in my head because Normal. that's what we did. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I grew up playing Power Rangers. So. <laughs> that was me. I was always the Yellow Ranger. <laughs> and nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> Maggie, where can the wonderful people on the internet find you if they want to listen to more of your dulcet tones yeah. or, or talk to you at all. If Where my, can people find you? Yeah, if my Midwest accent doesn't bother you too much, uh, <laughs> I can be found on the internet. If you want to look me up, I'm on Twitter at Maggie and the Rain. Uh, my husband is at MWC underscore podcast. That is the kind of main Twitter for Married with Comics, which is the main podcast we do. We also do the Rod Pod. If you search on any podcatcher for Married with Comics or the Rod Pod, you're going to find us. We're also on Facebook. I think it's at Married W Comics if you search for us. If you look for Married with Comics, we're the only one out there, um, except for Michael Bailey, but I think he's got that fixed now. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyways, yes, that we're, we're kind of all over the internet. You can find us if you look for us. Thank you very much. And you know where you can find me. You can find me at Twitter at Jeff Rick Present or on my other podcast, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, which I host with Jeff, a.k.a. Super Sloth. If you would like to be on this show, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me at Jeff and Rick Present, all one word at gmail.com. And thank you, thank you, thank you to the Longbox Crusade Network for letting me use this wonderful attic of their headquarters to broadcast this show. And to their supporters, Omaha Bound. Also, to the Longbox Crusade members who support this network, if you would like to support this show and this network, head on over to Patreon and search for Longbox Crusade. But that's all we have time for now. Thank you very much once again to Maggie. And to everybody else out there, grab the popcorn and pull up a seat because the next episode will be coming out really soon. The music is The Entertainer by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license.